Welcome, what's up? Good to have you with us. This is the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm Eric Stenholm. He's Joey Moore. Both our teams are just killing it since we started this thing, man. Like, you're 4-1, and one, you know, Niners looking good, Vikings 4-1 and one since we started the pod. Both of us at the top of the division. We just got to keep this thing rolling, man. We are killing it. And you went to the game on Sunday. Uh, you drove down to Levi's. How was it? It was electric. Absolute electric factory. Uh, always great to go to the game. Just smells like America at a football stadium. You get the flyovers, you get the 70,000 fans all eating, drinking meat and beer, and, uh, you know, it's just, the, it's just the best of people out there, especially when they win, because everyone's in a good mood. But, yeah, no, it does feel great, baby. Yeah, that was pretty crazy when you look at the box score of that game. You're like, oh, 13 nothing, another great defensive performance. It felt like, you know, maybe Kyle didn't throw everything he had at – the Saints because hey you don't really need to do much to beat the Saints maybe save some of the best plays for future weeks when you're trying to contend for a Super Bowl but I think the thing we got to talk about most uh, with the 49ers game was D'Amico Ryan's throwing another second half shutout a masterpiece from the D coordinator who isn't going to be your defensive coordinator for much longer no that that's the only downside about his his just meteoric rise um but, yeah, I mean, they were fantastic. Obviously, shut out um, in the second half, shut out in the first half, shut out four quarters. And uh, when you do that, you win. Um, but, yeah, I, he, he was fantastic. They got a couple t- timely turnovers. Another Dre Greenlaw held a guy up at the goal line, and in comes the big bad wolf, Talano Hufanga, puts his head on the football. And I don't care who you are. You're not hanging on to that football. Um, couple – I will say a couple of questionable penalties helped out the 49ers for sure um, defensively. Um, but, yeah, I you pitch a shutout, big zero. Missed field goal, too, by the Saints. Um, it's a good thing they pitched a shutout because, as you said, the offense uh, maybe like to score a bit more than 13 points. Again, we had the Arizona game. Um, you think things are rolling in the right track, but mm-hmm. 13. Uh, judging on Kyle's like post-game comments, he like said – very complimentary things about the Saints defense and like yeah they're good but he he kind of admitted to coaching like as long as we just don't turn the ball over we're gonna win it's like okay mm-hmm. what happens if like what if the Saints on one of those fourth down plays get in the end zone it's 13 mm-hmm. seven like a touchdown and an extra point you lose um another bad news Elijah Mitchell's now done for the year so that yeah one two one two punch in the backfield no longer be pretty sweet if Jeff Wilson jr was playing for us this week but he's not. Um, although Jordan Mason did look good, I liked him in the preseason, but um, there's a reason why he hasn't played. Um, yeah, and then McCaffrey, not... I didn't realize until like this uh, this morning, but McCaffrey left with like knee, they said, not tendonitis, but like knee, I don't know, soreness. Like they said he's fine, but like that's done not good. Yeah. Um, and then what? But Yeah. You're hey. one significant McCaffrey injury away from that being a problem, but right now there's no problems there with you being seven and four uh, atop the division. You got help with the Seattle loss, uh, so you're now alone atop the division, and you have the tiebreaker over Seattle. So you got to be feeling good about that. Obviously, the Mitchell injury sucks, but uh, Niners defense looking like one of the five best units in the NFL uh, right now. It's been what four weeks? No second half points allowed i can't remember the last time we've had 
that's that's one of those stats that you see and you're like, I got to double check this. And then you look back, you're like, oh my God, they haven't given up a point in a hundred minutes of second half football. Got to be feeling pretty good heading into uh, next week's game against your old buddy, Mike McDaniel. I, I, you know, I town. purposely wore the glasses today uh, to support uh, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, no, they're going to be tested because it'll be the best team they've played since they were mollywopped by the Chiefs. Um, I, I'd like to think that, you know, 7-4 and four looks nice, point, point differential looks good, but, like, you look at their schedule, they've really only played the Chiefs. Like, those two wins against the Rams just look worse and worse. Right. They beat Seattle, but, you know, maybe Seattle maybe starting to come back to the – regressing to the mean. Um, yeah, they beat Carolina. Who cares? You know, they also lost to Chicago and Denver and Atlanta. Um, and they killed Arizona again. You know, not great. So, we'll see against Miami. We it's will crazy because the Niners are probably considered one of the three top contenders or four top contenders in the NFC. Um the Vikings, who would be considered in that group as well, definitely did not have a convincing performance. It's much like you know the Niners, you look back at their schedule, you go, "Oh, you know, we lost to Chicago, we lost to, um, you know, I mean, everyone other than Kansas City that you lost to is not a very good team." You look at the Vikings. We play a team in the Patriots who could not score an offensive point against the Jets at home in New England the week before. They come into Minnesota and they put up. 26 points. Mac Jones threw for a million yards. I believe it was, yeah, 382. The Vikings defense looked awful, but uncharacteristically, a Bill Belichick team made a ton of mistakes to give us the game. Uh, we returned a kickoff for a touchdown. There were um, two roughing the punters, uh, one of which led to seven points. There was two punts that the uh, punter for New England hit, and I was like, why is this guy in the NFL? I think he had like a 23 and 27 yard punt. Uh, uncharacteristic mistakes from New England gives the Vikings the victory. And with us being at nine and two now, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. Like, how good is my team? Obviously, our record is really good. But if you look at the results and if you just watch the tape, you're like, God, when are we going to really get tested? Other than the Cowboys game when we got smoked, really haven't beaten any teams that have been just like world beaters coming in. So I feel like we're kind of in the same boat right now. What did you see on that Thursday night game, Vikings Patriots? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the same. Um, but I, I do think the Patriots are a little bit better than people do think. I, uh, that game against the Jets from what I understood was played in pretty severe wind, probably, uh, you know, and then you go to the dome in Minnesota probably helped Mac Jones a little bit, helped him to 382 yards. That's a lot, but, um, <laughs> no, no weapons other than Ramondre Stevenson on that team either. It's not like, you know, they're throwing up Moss and Welker out there, like really rough on the outside for the Vikings who are admittedly are injured at corner, but Mac Jones was carving us up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, he, he looked, he looked as good as, uh, he's looked in a while. Um, the, uh, Minnesota defense, yeah, it doesn't help the narrative that, you know, can't stop anybody. But, yeah, I mean, Vikings looks good on offense. I scored 30-plus again. Kirk Cousins, Kirk, Cous Kirk primetime Cousins, uh, I saw got the game ball. His yeah. coach, too, I saw was like, I heard it was uh, played after this time, primetime Kirk Cousins. And I was like, 
I was like, that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, I, it, it, I, it was, was, a, it's, it was a, it's a much tougher game than I think like short week, like Christian Derrissaw got hurt. Like Matthew G like Bill Belichick. Like I, it was, it's not, I, it's not nothing. I, it, right. it was not. And again, like, you know, you see Philly lose to Washington at home, you know, although Washington is in the playoffs right now. So that's, Oof. that's not like a horrible loss, but yeah, like anyone, anyone can beat anyone. And, uh, to win on a short week, Thanksgiving. I don't know what the schedule looks like for NFL players Thanksgiving week. Like, they usually get Tuesdays off. Probably don't. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, it, 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 was, it was impressive to me. Yeah, it showed some resolve. It showed that this is – I mean, I feel like there's maybe seven or eight games this year where if Mike Zimmer was the coach, the Vikings wouldn't have won because this team is so positive and, like – his whole thing was the old school negative coaching, like get your head out of your ass. You need to make that play. And now we have this more modern Sean McVay style team where it's, you know, positivity and spreading the ball around and relying on your teammates and whatnot. And that's all great, but we got to get that secondary figured out if we're going to go far in the playoffs. Obviously with, you know, the Packers and Lions losing yet again, it's like we do have basically the final six weeks of the season to just get everybody healthy, try to get that home playoff game you know secured maybe try to flirt with home field advantage but philly's looking pretty unbeatable right now you mentioned that the patriots are actually you thought they're a little bit better than what i was giving them credit for i'm thinking all of a sudden the afc is incredibly deep uh the the chiefs the bills the dolphins the Bengals, the chargers and the jets all won um last week and then the titans and ravens lost super close games it seems like the afc is i mean maybe eight of the top 11 teams in power ratings, I would I would imagine right now with all the quarterback play that's going on in the AFC. It's, it's pretty easy to tell that the Chiefs are number one, but after that, it is a real dogfight for, like, who is going to be in the AFC, you know, Chiefs Invitational right now. It's tough to parse. Yeah, I, the, there's no question the AFC is the premier conference right now. Um Jets bench Zach Wilson and in comes Mike White and woo. legendary. The char the Chargers one is the most impressive to me. I know they played Arizona, but they have so many injuries still, and I I'm pretty shocked even with the with Herbert and the, some of the talent they still have that they're still in it. My my Tennessee power ranking team, but I think I had them too last week. Uh, that was I didn't see the I game. Tried to tell you. I didn't see too much of the game. I was I I felt really good about Tennessee, and then Mixon and Chase both didn't play, and they still lost. So <laughs> it's come not on. a very dynamic team. Obviously, they played really well in that game where they beat up the Packers, but that win is looking less and less impressive by the week. Tennessee's definitely dropping in the power ratings, but they're still, especially with um, Indianapolis being so terrible, they're still going to host a playoff game. So. Uh, we got to keep them in mind. And the Ravens, too. I mean, they still control their own destiny. They have an incredibly easy schedule, even though they lost that game to Jacksonville. But it's getting really tough to figure out how the AFC is is going to land because for this whole season, we're like, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, the one and two seeds of the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, look out for the Dolphins. Look out for the Bengals right now because they're trying to crash the party. I'm very high on Miami. Hopefully they bomb this week, but I don't <laughs> think they will. Um Buffalo and Baltimore are the two that kind of smell a little off track to me. Um, we 
were definitely on Detroit last week, but oh, we love Detroit in that game. But and and a good amount of that's because I really do like Detroit and what they're doing. But part of that was like Buffalo, something's off. Mm. Something's off. They're gonna now lose Von Miller for I mean maybe the season, but at least a few weeks, if not a month plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore, it's a horrendous loss yesterday, and they've had yeah. like three horrendous losses, and. It's just one of those ones. I saw they're the first team ever to blow yeah. four fourth quarter double digit leads in a season, and it's only week twelve. I mean, that's their defense is a problem. Like, yeah, you'd like your defense to stop, but again, there's a reason why they haven't paid Lamar Jackson, and it's not because they don't have the funds, like maybe a franchise like you know the Oakland Raiders would, but like there's something there with. I'm not going to say directly with Lamar. I mean, he's a great guy. Like, you know, obviously responded to a troll last night. Maybe just lay off the Twitter, Lamar. It's not a real place. But, like, yeah. He's like, so relatable, though. Like, like he, it is. Like, like, he works his ass off, and he's like, do you know how hard I work? Like, I'm like, I, yeah. like it is, it's so relatable. Like, I, I have said, like, I've wanted to I say it to a million people, like, but just it's there's no history of it because I don't put it on Twitter. Like, yeah, I mean, if you somebody recorded me yelling at the TV, I'd probably say a lot of mean things, but I don't put it in writing and send it to millions of people. If I said it, no one cares <laughs> except our fans. But and Lamar's got way more fans than I do. So, but like, yeah, like in, they showed it today. I saw in the highlights. He, he missed Mark Andrews in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, his. It, it, it's something it's just it's just off i don't know if the contract thing is playing into it but if you expect 250 plus guaranteed million number one you can't blow four double digit leads in the fourth quarter it's just part of that's the defense but part of that's part of that's you and you can't you can't go on twitter and and tell your fans that you dick <laughs> can't do it do not do it lamar yeah, that was a rough look. And I, I, on the whole, I do really do like Lamar, and somebody is going to pay him that money. I, you somebody would imagine will. It would be Baltimore, but so many teams would love to have Lamar. But, yeah, that fourth quarter collapse thing is kind of becoming the story of their season. It feels like last year's Vikings where we had the lead, and I think it was 15 out of 17 games and just continually blew it over and over. Um, but they're still 7-4. and four. They're still atop the division, and that AFC is, is a mess right now. Anybody could be the two-seed right now. I think Kansas City controls uh, home field for sure. And then in the NFC, I'm pretty sure I'm ready to just call it and say now it's a four-horse race. Uh, my Vikings, your Niners, and then Philly and Dallas. You know, Whoever comes out of the NFC East will obviously have the inside track and likely have home field advantage. Um, are you ready to say it's a four-horse race? It's time to ride off, you know? Teams like Tampa Bay, Seattle, Giants. Washington. I mean, there's a clear there's a clear gap between those yeah. four and and the rest. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, you know, Washington, the Giants. They're not. I think they're better than what we think. Like the Giants aren't terrible. Like I don't think they're gonna finish like eight and nine um, or something like that. I I think they're they're gonna be a decent playoff team but yeah there's a big difference between those four and the rest um tom brady and the bucks had a had a horrible day it was rough that's probably the game i watched the most of besides the vikings this weekend and i just kept waiting for that offense to do something it's very clear that cleveland's defense can't stop the run so obviously you know leftwich and 
and Todd Bowles were like, hey, let's run the ball. But People were crushing but, Todd Bowles for the end of the stuff with the timeouts with Brady. Yeah. He kind of said something like, well, I just, you know, in case he threw an interception and everyone was like, Tom Brady hasn't thrown a fourth quarter interception in like 497 years. So yeah. incorrect answer. That's another thing that like, I guess, I mean, the betting markets and everybody who writes about sports didn't take this into account much in the preseason, but the drop from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles is actually pretty large. We just assumed, as we always do, like, oh, the coach doesn't really matter that much because it's Brady there. But, like, it has been a very large drop-off from last year when Brady threw for 5,000 yards and 44 touchdowns. And this year, I mean, there's been injuries for sure. But that head coaching drop-off has basically been the difference between them being a contender, which I tried to make the case for last week, and now being, I mean, you're five and six. You're not going to host a, I mean, you might host one playoff game, but you're not going to host a second-round playoff game or a third-round playoff game. You're that, I think they're toast. Whoever gets that, I mean, I actually think Dallas is better than Philly, as crazy as that is, because mm. um, Philly did beat them already. It'd be interesting to see what happens when they play again, but... Mm. I don't think Dallas, unless they win that game and somehow Philly, which possibly, but I'm pretty convinced that Philly's, if they don't, Minnesota might catch them for the one seed, but I don't think Dallas two games behind, right, at eight and three, unless they, because if they don't win that game, they're not going to have the tiebreaker because then they're going to be like three games back. I don't think they're making that up. If I mean, Philly's 10 and one, like how many more games are they going to lose? So Dallas is going to get, Dallas is going to get Tampa. Or Atlanta. Right. And like whoever, like Tampa, they were, I thought they were kind of done. And then they kind of won. And I was like, okay, they're going to win the division. And then they lose again. And yeah. I'm like, they're only a half game ahead of Atlanta. And Atlanta, who, by the way, I mean, obviously they perform well in their game against you, but Atlanta is awful. Like, they, in I mean, we, season, I, they I hate like making, ex- 10, I absolutely hate making excuses. I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate it. Everyone has injuries, but that one, we were at the lowest point in the amount of injuries we had. And they were all like on the defensive line. Cause that was the, like Armstead who sounds like he's going to be back this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kinlaw who may never play again. And Ebukam also missed that game. Like they, they've missed Ebukam came back this week, but he's missed like three weeks in a row. Armstead and Kinlaw have been out. I mean, I don't even remember the last time they played. And then that was the one game that Bosa also missed. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone was hurt on the defensive line. And with Atlanta, they were like, that was the game, the post game, like, beers with the coach. And, like, yeah, well, we had backups. Like, I mean, literally, like, backups to the backups. Mm-hmm. And, and and they just pounded us. And, and we still had a chance to win the offense. Play had probably their worst game of the season that game. But they're not good. They and That's the point is Atlanta is bad, as we saw in the Saints game. Last week at Levi's, the Saints are bad. Carolina, they beat the completely DOA Russell Wilson and the Broncos. <laughs> no, they're Mike, they're Mike Purcell's team. They're Mike Purcell's team. Oh. I, when I saw that clip of Broncos defensive lineman Mike Purcell coming over and just screaming at Russell Wilson, I said, Joey's going to want to talk about that for the entire podcast. And I could, but I, I won't. I, I'm going to restrain myself. Yeah. I mean – it's when like you've beaten a dead horse. There's nothing left to say. I mean, the team hates Russell. The offense sucks. The offensive coordinator and the head coach suck. Everything I think, about I think, that team has gone down the drain. Not to get too far into that, down that rattle, because I could. But, like, Mike Purcell screaming at Russell Wilson is, like, the least, I guess, biggest takeaway from that, I think. 
it's obviously it's what it's what caused the situation. Number one is that the fact that it's like a defensive tackle screaming at the quarterback, and it's not like Aaron Donald defensive tackle or like somebody <laughs> like not to say Mike Purcell is not a you know functional player in the NFL like he clearly is. He's playing on he plays for one of the best defenses in the league, but to have him go right up behind the head coach like that's what I took. Nathaniel Hackett's right there, like. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hack is probably like, you know what, good for Mike, because that's why I don't have to do it, because this guy is going to get me fired, and he's gotten every single offensive coordinator in his life fired, and he's going to get, he's going to have me blow my first head coach. Is Nathaniel Hackett the greatest coach ever? Probably not, but I mean, he's probably feeling a little bitter that Russell Wilson has like sabotaged his coaching career. The other thing is like, not one player got in there, got in there to say, hey, whoa, whoa. No. he was like, nope, Mike Purcell is going to. <laughs> it's almost like they paid him to do it. Like you can be the go, you can be the guy that's going to say it because he walked and Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say he looked scared, but he looked like there was he no was like, like, yeah, buddy, okay, yeah. And someone he said, just someone said, if you look close enough, I think he said, let's ride. And, I, and I'm like, <laughs> I just he probably like, eh, yeah, I. It, it's not good. And the thing that I, I kept saying was. I was trying to analyze, like, I wonder what he said. And I guarantee you it was just score some fucking points. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> I I don't, I tried to find it, like, I what play that happened after. Because, um, like, Russell Wilson's on the sideline. So, I don't, it had to be a defensive play. Like, that he, that Purcell comes off the field. Like, was it a third down stop that he said, we're doing our job. Like, yeah. do yours. It had to be yeah. something like that. I mean, it's Carolina who is four and eight and has an interim coach. Sam Darnold comes in actively trying to get a new quarterback. They're trying to go, you know, six and eleven or worse, and they still couldn't muster any more than. I mean, how many points they score yesterday? Uh, Ten points. I mean, and it was garbage time touchdown too. Absolute disaster in Denver. But the point being, there is the NFC South might might be the worst division since they went to the eight division. Um, alignment in 2002 like i mean the only other candidate would be 2010 nfc west when the seahawks won at seven and nine but this seems worse i mean that nfc the, foot, the football team years did, ago, did the yeah. football team did it a couple yeah. years ago but i don't think it was as it, it, it the stink kind of goes away if you come like the commander or the football team at the time i think i don't know <laughs> were the like they gave tampa who ended up winning the super bowl like they gave them a decent game mm-hmm. like so it kind of like okay, you know, and then Seattle with you know Marshawn, they they win a playoff game. So it's like okay, the division sucked, but right. they won a playoff game. So it's gonna be if if I mean if Atlanta somehow wins the division, they are gonna get rocked by Dallas or Philly, whoever the five seed is. If it's Tampa Bay because it's Brady, you expect it to be a competitive game. But the way I'm looking at it right now, that might be well. Tampa the lost division. Tristan Worse high ankle sprain, which is yeah. like apparently one of the new like. You know when like pitchers in baseball like or think it was like baseball in general was like the oblique and I was like everyone started I'm like I never even heard of that muscle before <laughs> and then I just like ankle sprain nope he got high ankle sprain I'm like it's like that everybody in baseball was like breaking their hamate bone for like <laughs> six weeks I'm like what the hell is a hamate bone it's like everybody you know has one in their hand and after so many swings it just breaks and then you're out for six weeks I'm like oh great. Um, but yeah, no, the, the South is a, it's a tire. If fire. it wasn't, if it wasn't for the Titans, you could also say the AFC South, but Tennessee's not. Yeah. Not well bad. coached team. They'll be, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be 10 and seven, something like that. It's not as bad. 
Um, so there were three Thursday games last week for Thanksgiving. They added that third game, I believe, in like 2010, 2011. It was always just Dallas and um, and the Lions, but now they added the third game. The rumors are they're going to add Black Friday games next year. Uh, next year it's just going to be one game on Amazon, but they're talking about maybe adding more than one so that there would be you know, five to six midweek games starting next year on the week of Thanksgiving. And I was going to ask you, as you know, you and I are top 1% of top 1% consumers of the NFL, is it beginning to be too much with there being that many different broadcasts happening in a, in a two day span on Thursday and Friday. And then again on Sunday, like, are there enough good broadcasters to pull this off? Are we oversaturating the market by having, you know, this many midweek games as Amazon enters the fray? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I found myself this black Friday, like, was it next year? Did they say, or is it this year? Like, is there one today? I hope there is. Cause what else am I going to do? <laughs> and I was like, Nope, it was next year. I agree. If they had like three, like back to back three, like I would pump the brakes on maybe that. Um, Cause part of the re- reason why, I mean, thanks. I mean, the business is booming. What is this? The Cowboys giants set the all time record at 42 million. Like why not? Like right. I, I don't know. Black Friday. Put, make it a Raider thing. I don't know, Black Friday with the Raiders and the black jerseys, and it's going to be the Black Friday thing on Amazon. And it's, you know, like Detroit and Dallas gets Thanksgiving. We'll have, you know, the Raiders and the black hole on Black Friday. I don't know. Put them against Russell Wilson. I think people will sign up for Black Friday to watch him in that tire fire or whoever you want. I don't care. Yes. Like The reason I bring it up, I knew you were going to say that, by the way, because nobody likes the NFL more than you. I mean, I'm close. No, see, I'm but right see, the, there, the but... thing is, the thing is, is a lot of people do. Like, yeah, like you know, it's like reason, 99 of the top 100 rated like, television like, shows are NFL games. You know, yeah, I watch a lot, but like, there are a lot of football podcasts. There's a lot of football people. There's a lot of fo- like, stadiums are selling out. Most of them, some of them, but yeah, I no, I. Like the NFL a couple years ago, you know, a little maybe a little dip, you know, with the concussions, you know, maybe people not so happy with, you know, um, 49er legend Kaepernick, you know, whatever. But business is booming right now. We are back, baby. That all uh, went away because uh, <laughs> people aren't turning off the TVs anymore. No. Everybody who said, I'm off the NFL because of Kaepernick or I'm off the NFL because of, you They're know, like, I, I saw Will Smith in, con- in concussion. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Every one of them is back. And more people. It's like every time we what has thought, helped I is remember... like the other sports too, like right. Like I went to the game with you know, Kayla's cousins and and uh, and and they used to be like big like Warrior basketball. Like they don't even watch. Like mm. and the Warriors are like the one team. Like okay, they're like NBA proof. Like no matter what happens in the NBA. Like even if you're in the Bay Area and you're a Warrior fan, like you're gonna watch. Mm. Nope. Like. And it's not even like any. It's just like, it's like football's on. Yeah, it's like, it's like exactly football. It could or, be it could be NBA Finals Game Seven or Jaguars Titans on Thursday night, and people are like, oh, well, maybe we will put that on the on the bottom right corner. Put that I, on the other TV. I give the players a lot of credit in the NFL. I like they do seem like for the most part seem like guys you'd want to hang out with. There are some obviously you wouldn't, but. I don't know, not to go on a whole NBA tangent, but like you couldn't pay me to hang out with most of the people in the NBA because they seem, why are they so unhappy? And I think that's why the NFL, like, you know, 
Like, if you want to cry, like like Debo all offseason, cried, wanted to trade. In the it all goes in the, down to there being 53 guys and 20 coaches in the NFL. And then in the NBA, you got 12 guys and, like, three coaches. Like, if you have a small group and one person is acting out, it can ruin the whole team. But when you got 75 guys in a locker room, like, you have to come together or the whole thing falls apart. So, like, I feel there's like – There's no load management we, in the NFL. Yeah, you see a touchdown you don't work, you don't work all You don't work all year, lift all them weights, run all those miles – to sit out on Sunday. I mean, there's only 17 yeah. of them. Yeah. That's why we love it. Uh, m- my point when I was asking about if Black Friday and adding more games on more days of the week is too much is not necessarily because the product is, you know, diluted or anything. It's awesome. It's at its peak right now. It's do we have enough good broadcast teams? Because we would then need six for those six games. So I was going to say, why don't you and I rank the top five broadcast teams, like our favorites, because it's tough to do. I was trying to do it in my head earlier. And like, obviously there's certain play by play guys you lean towards and certain color guys you lean towards. Like I used to love, um, Al Michaels and John Madden, obviously Pat Summerall and John Madden, anybody with Madden was going to be good. But then there was like Jim Nance. I didn't like, but then once he was with Romo, he got so much better. Cause I, it turns Romo, out I didn't Romo really made like him Phil less Sims. of a stiff. Exactly. Like Phil Sims, Phil Sims made Jim Nance worse, but when you put him with Romo, he got better. So like, oh, let's try Jimmy, to, Jimmy, we got another now, Jim, it's so exciting. <laughs> That's a good Tony. Tony has such a high pitched voice. Like I, what are they going to do started, here, Jim? He was like, Oh my God, he's in the slot. And you're like, wow, I love it when Jim's I... talking and Tony Romo just starts drawing on the telestrator. <laughs> like during the, he's like, this guy's coming. Yeah. And it was like when he first started doing it, I was like, damn, Romo knows exactly what's happening on every play. Now it's literally every play. He's like, oh, look at that guy on the left there, Jim. I'm and sometimes like, it's he just won't a stop. run up the middle. He'll, he'll get it's- so excited. He won't stop talking. And then he probably hears in the, in the headset, like, we're going to break. And then he just like, usually it's Nance, like, and we'll be back after this break from, you know, uh, Gillette Fusion hair gel or whatever. And it. They, he doesn't even get to that part because Tony's like, what are they going to do here, Jim? I don't know. And, and uh, we'll be back to see what happens. <laughs> In that vein, top five broadcast teams. For me, number one, I I mean, I, this might be a little controversial, but I think it's Buck and Aikman. I think oh, you, I agree. Okay. No, I, mean, I people, used to be I don't, a Joe I, Buck I, hater, I get, not I, anymore. People hate him. I don't really know why. I mean – I, they people, used to like, hate him like, because it was nepotism because his dad was – he only got the job so young because of his I, dad. Yeah. But still, he's I, really good. I get it. I, I mean, I get it. I don't know. Like, my, my criteria simply was, like, when they, when I hear their voice, do I feel like this is a big freaking deal? And right. when I hear his voice, it's a big freaking deal. Right. And – Yeah. They, I, yeah. No, they're, they're, it's, they're it's, mine. It's saved Monday Night Football because it was in the dumps for the last, God, five or seven years. And now with Buck and Aikman there, it just feels like a huge game every week, even if it's freaking Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, which is an absolute dumpster fire game. But everybody's tuning in because, you know, it's Monday night. It's Buck and Aikman. It feels like a good one. My, my second would probably be Tariko and Collinsworth at the moment. I loved it better when it was Michaels and Collinsworth, but I do like Tariko. So I'm going to put them at number two. What would be your number two? <laughs> Go Nance and Romo? No. But I'm not going I'm not going Tariko either. I, I think they've been good enough already. I mean, I loved them separately anyways, 
Yes. But Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit are really yes. good. Like See, Al Michaels got paid so much money, does not care. And that's the thing. And He's Kirk Herbstreit, like you could tell, like one thing I appreciate about Kirk is like he obviously has been ESPN's top college guy. But like that doesn't mean you're going to be good at the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to know the play. Like you could talk X's and O's, whatever. But like, is he? He clearly studies. Like he, mm-hmm. and like he's. I mean, he's. I mean, he has all the charisma that you know. Like he has all the confidence in the world from. I mean, college. I mean, he, he's there. I, I no. I mean, they're. they I think they're great. I think they're great. I was going to put them at number three. I debated putting them number two. Um, the reason is. Al Michaels has always been my favorite play-by-play. Uh, now that he's not with Madden and not with Collinsworth, I have to drop him a rung. But he has just become unhinged in such a positive way since he's been on Amazon. He's talking about the betting lines like he always would like allude to. Now he's like serious about it. He's joking. He's like openly trashing bad games, which is like he would never do that when he was on NBC. If it was like 38 to three, he'd be like, when are we going to be done with this thing? Like now he's just unleashed on Amazon to just say whatever the hell he wants. That Washington Chicago game and the Indy Denver game. He spent an hour just being like, Oh God, when is this one going to end? And another pass sales over my goodness. (laughs) Like I love that he's been unleashed since he's been on Amazon. So yeah, I would put them three and then three for you has got to be Nance and Romo then. Right. Yeah. Are you going? Yeah. Yeah. You would have Tariko Collinsworth for. I, I like, like. I but the thing is, I like Tariko and Collinsworth. I think, like they're solid. I mean, we're. I mean, honestly, like what other sports league can have like four or five? I mean, if Tariko and Collinsworth are calling the Super Bowl, like I'm not like, oh, I'm gonna listen to the radio, like. Which is uh, most of the reason I wanted to bring this up is the drop off after that is enormous. I don't think Burkhardt it is. Burkhart and Olsen. You like Burkhart I, and Olsen. No, see, that's my – this might be – I could switch it up. This might be my feels great baby take. I think they're fantastic. Really? Like, I, I honestly I, feel bad for Greg Olsen that he's going to get booted for Tom Brady. Because, again, we don't know that Tom Brady is going to be good at this. Like, you just – you I, don't. I agree with that. I mean, he is like, not going to be. Like, I think – I think he's going to be de- I think he's going to be decent because I think even with the whole like the match stuff, even with Barkley and the golf, I think mm-hmm. he has the ability to be funny. But no, I mean if Fox really wanted to throw that kind of money at somebody, if they would do it, I mean obviously I think Peyton Manning would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think I think even a guy like Philip Rivers who's just a nut would be decent or mm-hmm. or whoever, but like this idea that Tom Brady's going to come in and and be, you know, he could be Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He sucked. He like, was so bad that he was just launched after one <laughs> like year. Just like, the, yeah. Like, yeah. Greg Olson, smart guy, like, knows the league. He's still, like, recently retired. You know, and I think Kevin Burkhart is – I think he's pretty good. Like, okay. I, I, I don't think it's – but my other – I was going to talk – it's not even just Fox. Like, like CBS, their second team, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, I think they're – Pretty good. I like, agree with that. I was going to have them like, as my five ahead of Burkhart and Olsen. I yeah, I think I think they're good. I, you know, yeah, I'm not going down to like Steve Levy and you know Brian Greasy, although he's coaching. Like, no. I'm not going, but like, you know, if I were to rank the top 150 broadcast teams in the history of the NFL, I think Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Booger McFarland <laughs> would be the absolute last. 
I, I told you. I must have texted you every time over the last few years when Steve Levy called an NFL game. I was like, he just called that a 25-yard run, and it was like a, a nine-yard run. He just yeah. he just said, you know, some guy tackled him, and I was like, that guy hasn't been in the league for two years. Like, it was rough. But going through this list of broadcasters reassured me, hey, if there is more – you know, standalone broadcasts on Thanksgiving week and on Christmas week when the NFL is trying to expand even more. I think it's in pretty good hands with the broadcast crews they have. And um, even Black Friday. I mean, if they if they really wanted to, for crying out loud, they put a game on Nickelodeon. Like, people are going to watch. <laughs> like, There are eyeballs. Are they? I mean, do they? Do they I mean, do they just really go off the rails and do a, a Manning cast only? Like, just mm-hmm. watch them talk? Do we watch the game with Pat McAfee? Like, no, there's see, that's what I was thinking too. Like, I mean, it's Black Friday. Like, people are like, you know, if you advertise it as something like fun and people aren't expecting like a buttoned up like production, like I think you could be kind of creative with it. And uh, and again, if the if if the if the if the, uh, if the commentating blows, won't be the first time, won't be the last. And guess what? People still watch. That's the point. That business is booming. And uh, we'll see uh, how many games Amazon adds to the holiday schedule over the next couple seasons. Could be Sean McVay. Could we, we'll get to that later. It's gonna be Sean McVay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's head over to your Jack and the Bum of the Week, America's favorite segment. Uh, everybody loves this on TikTok. Uh, you're killing it with your Jack and the Bum of the Week because people just love to bag on somebody. And like in the NFL lately, there's been a lot of people who's deserved it. We crap on Russell Wilson every week. He's a candidate yet again this week. The Saints offense mustered nothing against your Niners. Ravens defense with that complete collapse in the fourth quarter. And then the Bucks offense, which did nothing in the second half with so many opportunities to just put that game away. But Jack and the Bum of the Week time, you're going with one of your favorites. We're going with one of the all-time favorites for Jack and the Bum of the Week. And as Eric said, thank you for all you fellow bums out there who listen to this Jack and the Bum of the Week segment. And as you said, let's start with the honorable mention. Could have gone to Russell Wilson. Again, Don't I, as much as I kind of say I don't love to pick him every week or at least think about picking him every week, it's, it is kind of getting repetitive. You know, no longer can go with the Raiders. Uh, shout out to them. Big win. Yeah. Could have gone with any of the ones you said, but we're going with – and I'm not even going to say, you know, Jack of the Bum of the Week. It's not a jumbo jack because this person's not jumbo. In fact, he's quite the opposite. Uh, we're going with Kyler Murray. Jack and the Bum of the Week. Maybe call it a minor jack, but we're not calling junior it a jack. junior jack. Kyler Murray, former Oakland A's legend for about a week. <sighs> Kyler Murray lost another game, said another dumb thing at the podium. What did he say? He said, he "said I think schematically, we were, we're fucked. fucked. Yeah, that is that is directly at Cliff K- Kingsbury, who, for some reason, you guys both have the same agents and both signed extensions, and like, what is going on? Like, Cl- Cliff can pick you. Are would you, Kyler? Would you have been the first overall pick if he didn't get hired and pick you? No, I mean, way. they passed on Nick Bosa for that. I, I don't." That's not where, why is it again? Same thing. You could copy and paste what I said about Zach Wilson last week and say it this week. And you could copy and paste what I said about Aaron Rodgers and apply it to Kyler Murray. Why is it never your fault, Kyler? Why is it never your fault? 
could make the Call of Duty jokes, but we're not. Again, you lost another home game. They're terrible at home. And Horrendous. And I, I believe their point differential at home is minus 66, which is like, you know, even Houston is probably better than that. It's, for whatever reason, they just cannot play well at home. Like, and he's it's because he's sulking. There's his, no fan again, atmosphere. Go back to know? the body language. Again, this is a body language podcast. Awful. Like, it's Aaron Rodgers-like. It's... And you don't you don't get to do that if if what have you won? I I heard it today on Fox on the that show that that Emmanuel Acho's on and he kind of mm. took my thunder. He did a whole Jack and the Bum of the Week thing on Kyler and I was like, <laughs> oh okay, fine, I'll take your point. He compared him to Baker Mayfield. What Baker Mayfield won a playoff game? What have you done, Kyler? You looked horrible in your playoff game. Horrible. Mm-hmm. They gave you all this money. Granted, you could point the finger at errors like the organization. Why are you giving them this money if you don't even like them? Because clearly they didn't. They wouldn't have made that public with the, you know. The homework provision. The, the homework clause. Homework. <laughs> we're talking about homework. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about, like, I just, it. you can't be that arrogant. Like you said, we like schematically, like, we were fucked. Well, did you call an audible? A timeout? Like, like, do you have no power? Like, you could have done something. Like, I, I don't know. It. He he doesn't want to get hit anymore. He, mm-hmm. I, I I was he healthy? I don't know. Did he feel the pressure to play? It sounds like, you know, they they might have said you're going to play this week because a smarter thing or what people were talking about because they have their bye next week. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you just say hamstring, give him another rest? Like, you know, you can't do that. Like we trust Colt McCoy. Seven. Yeah. Well, I, I think they might have thought, like, I mean, do they really think, like, we might be better with Colt McCoy? Like, <laughs> they thought that prior to the Niner game. And, like, did they just say, like, dude, you're not going to sit here. Like, you're going to play. Like, get out there and play. Like, we paid you all this money. It's a home game. Fans buy your jersey. Like, it's bad. I Again, it's not like Russell Wilson in terms of, like, you know, you you trade all this like he was drafted by them, but it's like, what are they gonna do? Because he's he's not a franchise guy. He's not. I hate people. He's like, oh, Kyler Murray's top ten, top fifty. Is he like, mm. like he like people think he's way more talented than a guy like Jalen Hurts. I I'd take ten Jalen Hurts over one Kyler Murray. I think if you ask everybody at Oklahoma, too, they would say the same thing because they went from Kyler Murray, who won the Heisman, to Jalen Hurts. I believe they won more games with Hurts, despite him putting up stats that weren't even remotely comparable to Kyler's. But he was named a captain immediately. He transferred from Alabama to Oklahoma. And within a couple months of being on that team, everybody's like, Jalen Hurts is that dude. And you never heard that from Kyler in college, despite him putting up video game numbers. So... Yeah, there's another inductee into the Jack and the Bum Hall of Fame with Zach Wilson. He, he and could Aaron be a Hall Rogers. of Famer in the, yeah, in the Jack and the Bum because he could be a weekly first game. ballot. Absolutely. Another, uh, looking forward to another Hard Knocks, as you said. That's the first thing me. I texted you when that game ended after Staley went for two and got it. I was, I was like, a little disappointed in last week's with the Niner one because I was hoping to kind of hear more like stuff like trash talking, like hear some of the players or like anything. Um, Oh, I did see that one. And Buda Baker is like such a likable dude. He's just like trying to keep everybody positive. He's like, I'm tired of losing. And you, you're like, give me more Kyler sulking and Cliff. I wanted more like, yeah, like did did uh, Cliff come over there and like 
yell at somebody. The one thing they did is they profiled this one guy. I his last name Hamilton. I forgot his first name. He's a Arizona defensive back. About he had this like thing in training camp where he like you know crazy thing happened in his kitchen where he burned his leg and stuff. And last week he had his first pick. I think he's been in the league like seven years. He had his first pick, and he was like. You know, all happy and it's just all heartwarming story, right? And right. then they proceed to watch him getting torched by <laughs> like he was the one guy on the Kittle last touchdown that made the business decision, and they yes. were just kind of getting him on that. He also on one of the Elijah Mitchell, it was a toss to the left, um, and he was the corner cut that Uzcheck picked off, and he blocked him like five yards into out of bounds. It just, <laughs> it just like, and he would kept going to the bench. They kept showing him like his number thirty three. He's like thirty three. You can't do that. We got to be better thirty three. Like can't go, <laughs> can't go. And then, and then he got he got burned on one of the, I think one of the IU touchdowns. He he made a mistake in coverage or something, and he goes back and it's kind of like a defensive back meeting on the sideline. He's like he's like the coach is like we got to be better, and he's like it was me, coach. It was me, like Mister like oh it's almost like over accountability. <laughs> Like it was me. Right. I started. I got to be better. He's just like, they ran all this like right after the like you know, showed his family like nice family. You know, you know, look at him overcoming adversity. You know, got his first pick, and then it's like burned, <laughs> Bam, literally NFL. and figuratively. Yeah. Oof. All right, let's take a look at week thirteen. We've recapped week twelve. We've given out your jack in the bum of the week. Um, looking at the lines for next week, it starts on Thursday with Buffalo at New England and Buffalo minus five and a half. Uh, that's a sneaky good game. I think you think New England's a little bit better than the public perception and that Buffalo's a little bit worse. I would be on Buffalo if I had to bet that game. You would probably be on New England at that number. Yeah. At I home. still think, yeah, at home, I there's something up with Buffalo, and I think New England is better than people think. And and Buffalo, there's something because there's something, they're, they're also, I believe I looked today, they're 0-2 in the division. I know they lost to Miami. And uh, – and they lost to uh, the Jets, so is maybe there's something the teams that see them twice a year see that, you know, they're picking on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat's got to have that one if they intend to make the playoffs. So they'll probably throw the kitchen sink uh, in that game. Uh, another one: Jacksonville at Detroit. Nobody's going to watch that game. Nobody cares. But Detroit minus one stood out to me. I thought they would be minus three or three and a half in that game. Um, Trevor Lawrence has what might have been his first or second great game in the NFL, and we're like, oh, here comes Jacksonville. No, 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 not for me. I'm, I'm on Detroit minus one there, and you like that too. Yeah, I Detroit, <laughs> you don't get any moral victories in the league, but um, having a game against Buffalo on Thanksgiving, like kind of feel like, wow, we probably should have won, uh, mm-hmm. is is a step in, in the right direction, and – I and think yeah. without the Williams fumble, they might have won that game. They, yeah, they, they like missed. A they missed a, a, a chip shot field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember when the schedule came out, people were like, "Another terrible Lions game on Thanksgiving." When you that was a great game. It's fantastic, fantastic, and uh, and yeah, no, I think Detroit. Plus, Detroit's got the Rams pick too, so they're only going to get better. Absolutely, Next year. yeah. They're, things are looking up there in Detroit after a really rough start to the season. Jets at Vikings. Vikings are minus three. I hate to say it, but I do like the Vikings there with extra rest. I thought it would be more than three points. I think that's more of a, they think Mike White's pretty good. They think the Vikings secondary is pretty bad. And they think that the Jets defense is pretty good. So they're basically putting it at what they put it for the New England game. Um, I lean Vikings there. What do you think? Probably, but 
I think it's going to be close. I shocking a Vikings game being close. I like the Jets defense is is pretty good, and <laughs> clearly Mike White's a hell of a lot better than Zach Wilson. And uh, pitched a perfect game last week. Granted, it was against the Bears, but Mike White, what a what a freaking performance! That guy comes on in relief of other people like nobody's fucking business. You know, if you give him the starting job, it's rough. But if you bring him in midseason for like one game, people are like, "That's our dude." Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be close. But yeah, I, I would still probably take take Minnesota. Uh, the Niners are minus three and a half at home against Miami. Um, I don't really have a play one way or another there. I thought that was basically the perfect line because obviously the Niners should be favored at home. But you know, the Dolphins, you know playing really really well especially on the offensive side of the ball if i was going to bet on that game and i'm going to be in vegas next weekend so i will be betting on that game i'm going to bet the over because the niners i mean i feel like they've been saving some offensive plays for that game knowing that mike i don't disagree with that it's i I honestly it's it's 46 and a half it's by far it's by far the the toughest team the niners will play the rest of the way it's also the one that matters the least i mean they're all big it's the nfl but being in the AFC, like really good. Like if they lost, it wouldn't be a horrible loss unless you know catastrophic injuries or somehow blow a lead, which I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to have some big giant lead against this team because Miami's really good. Mm-hmm. I think the whole coaching thing on both sides, like they like they know everything about mm-hmm. everybody on this team. Um, you know, Raheem Mostert today, Jeff Wilson Jr. Maybe taking some shots at the Niners, and uh, mm-hmm. Debo said <laughs> Raheem, as the as uh, the kids would say. Um, Stop capping. Um, <laughs> heard that one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm an old man. Very old. And some people like to remind me all the time. Yeah. Um, but, I see that on TikTok all the time. No cap. And I'm like, God, I got to Dude, you don't know. Shit. You don't know how long I was actually saying no hat. <laughs> oh, we're so old. Dude. Like, I was like, what is all the hats? Like, <laughs> like I don't get it. And uh, it's always someone bragging about themselves. And then every comment is like the hat emoji. And I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get it until <laughs> probably three months ago. I was like, oh, cap. OK, I was like, oh, OK, I get it what it means now. But no, it doesn't still doesn't make sense. But I, I actually know what it means, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense. Probably and, the game of the week next week is Kansas City at Cincinnati, Kansas City minus two and a half. That My is thinking one. there is, yeah, I want Kansas City because it's Andy Reid against Zach Taylor in December. Give me Andy Reid all day long, no matter how good Burrow is. So I'm taking a look at that one. You like Seattle minus four and a half at the Rams because Rams are just toast. Rams suck. <laughs> Whose house? <laughs> Whose uh, house? Not theirs. <laughs> they're renting it. Everyone else lives there. Um <laughs> Yeah, there. I mean, I heard today Aaron Donald. Weekend. Aaron Donald might be shut down, high ankle sprain. The cup is done. Matthew Stafford's wife's going on social media saying, "My husband can't take too many more t- hits to the head." Like <laughs> he might be done. Sean McVay's probably mulling over offers from Amazon. Mm. I I mean, who's invested in this season? They just won the Super Bowl. Like, why are those guys, you know, as competitive as they are, gonna gear up for the rest of this season? I. It's like in the NBA when everybody was like, God, at some point the bill is going to come due for the Warriors, and it hasn't because of the way the NBA is set up. The way the NFL is set up with the salary cap and all that, I mean, 
the Rams are paying dearly like for you, what they you did could, over the last You could five use seasons. the Rams as a case study for why and why not to go all in. The same team. Right. Like, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, so you're like, okay, we'll use that formula from, you know, teams like we'll get this play, player X, Y, and Z, and we're going to put us over the top. But, again, like I said, if they don't have that one play to Cooper Cup against Tampa to avoid that collapse in the playoffs, mm-hmm. if if, if Joukowsky Tart catches the goddamn ball on an arm punt, you know, <laughs> like, and if, and if, you know, if Aaron Donald doesn't make a Hall of Fame play, like, Jamar Chase torched that guy on that play. Yeah. Uh, like, we're, we're talking about – a team that just missed it and now is going to pay for it for a long time. I mean, unless somehow McVay goes to Amazon and they get Sean Payton in there and Matt Stafford, you know, doesn't need Tommy John and uh, figures it out. Aaron Donald doesn't submit his retirement papers for the second year in a row. Like with the way that NFC West is shaping up right now. I mean, either the Seahawks find a young quarterback for the future or Geno plays like he's been playing this year for multiple years. You know, it's the Niners' division to lose. The Seahawks may compete, but the Seattle's got They're going to have the Denver Hall. They're going to have a, a right. couple high picks. But, or, uh, it's looking good know, for they? the Niners for the long term, man, for sure. The, the Rams are absolute toast. Um, Let's take one quick look around the other stuff going on in the sports world before we do my you like that five picks of the week and your feels great baby, your wildest take you feel best about at the moment. Um, I'll do a quick World Cup update. I have watched every game through the beauty of YouTube TV. Wherever I go, I can like watch all the key plays from the game. It like takes the game and condenses it, so I've been able to like watch every important moment in every game. It's been awesome. Um, some early storylines. Every team has now played two games, so they every team now has one game left in the group stage before we get to the knockout round. Uh, only France and Portugal and Brazil have made it to the knockout round to this point. Um, the U.S. plays Iran tomorrow, and they have to win. If it's a loss or a draw, they are out. But if they win, they're in, and they will likely play the Netherlands in the round of 16. Um, that game against England... I was waiting for James and his what happened to the oh, God, to England. I, I mean, you want to talk about how did we'll see. Okay. I want to let you finish, but like that leads into what I was going to say. Cause I got, I have takes about. So a lot of football, TikToks this L, week. L football of... or as we like, to, we call it soccer. It's called soccer. That's a pretty good chant. Not gonna lie. It's <laughs> called soccer. But anyways, so, go finish Finish your thing. And then I, I, I was waiting for the. We could skip the other sports because nothing happened in hockey. The wheels have come off again for the Sharks. Um, the game against England. So the lead up was, and I follow English soccer more than most Americans. I'm a big Tottenham Hotspur fan. I know all the good English players in the Premier League. And I was like seeing all these threads where it's like England fans going, your best player he would be fourth or fifth in the pecking order on our team. Like Pulisic that's a pretty, can't that's even. A pretty good accent. <laughs> you know, that's all they're saying, man. It's literally like, you know, your five best players wouldn't even make our top 23 roster that flies to the world cup. And then not only was it nil nil and the U S got a point against a team that's significantly better than them. The U S played better than England did in that game and had many more chances at goal than England did. I believe England had two shots Granted, our, our goalie, Matt Turner, who's from New Jersey, who only started playing soccer when he was 17 years old, he was fucking lights out 
back there. And then the team put together a bunch of good chances. I thought Pulisic had the best chance of the game. He probably should have scored uh, late on. I think it was like 83rd, 84th minute. But the team looked really good, which was awesome. But the, it was more like just rooting against England after all of that bullshit all week about how like, oh my God, your guys wouldn't even sniff our roster. It's like, dude, I saw a game where the Stars and Stripes were probably better. It was pretty wild. Okay. I got takes. Oof. So I did watch that because I was. I was like, you know what? I'm excited. Soccer is a big freaking deal. Like, I I watched the entire game, England-USA. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who probably is, like, a demographic they should probably get to watch their games, you know, being of the age, you know, I work from home, so, like, tomorrow I could watch the whole game. Like, I don't have work, school. Like, like I honestly, I hate to say it, I feel like it was a giant waste of two hours. <laughs> like, because I agree with alone. you. I agree with you. Like, they should have probably should have won. I outplayed them. Like, everything you said, like, it's great for the strategy. Like, getting a tie against England, like, great. Like, it was a, as they were saying on the broadcast, like, this is a very positive result for the U.S. in terms of the World Cup. I'm like, as a fan, unfortunately, this team has to wear the burden of, like, make make soccer fun in the U.S. Like, a 0-0 tie in what is, they're saying, like, the biggest game in, like, a 1-1 one, one tie would have been better. A 2-2 two, two yeah. tie would have been better. Like, there's no highlights. Like, it, you mean to tell me I sat in the couch for two hours and the best thing was a ball off the crossbar? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like, I get it. Like, right. my sister played soccer, you know, in high Like, I, I understand the game. Like, not at the high, obviously the high level. Like, I get it. Like, I get this happens. Ties happen. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just something. Like, anything. Like I feel like that's the sentiment among most people who like tuned in for that game who don't watch soccer regularly. Now, as someone who watches all the time, it was a pretty fuck, fucking boring game. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like you know, you see, like this morning there was a game. It was uh, Ghana against South Korea, and it was three two, and it was just goals all over the place. There was a game. Um, oh, what was it? Serbia and Cameroon three three with just I think. Right out of the half, there were like four goals in 10 minutes. And it's just flying up and down. And you're like, this is super freaking exciting. If the U.S. game had been 3-3 and Pulisic had two incredible goals and Harry Kane had exactly. two awesome goals, it, we would be talking about, oh, my God, I can't wait for the World Cup in 2026. I'm going to every game. And kids at home would be like, God, that looks really fun. And they'd pick up soccer and maybe they play for the U.S. at the 2034 World Cup. But when it's nil-nil, it's like, God, it was so deflating, even though the result is good. And now all the U.S. has to do is win against Iran, who's not a very good team, and they get to move on. I get it. But, yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown. I, I, it's just like what it's like highlights. Like, what, what are people going to, like, rewatch and, like, okay, I don't know. I Because I, I, I was hoping, I'm like, hey, this is going to be cool. Like, we're going to hear, like, the mm-hmm. goal. <laughs> or, like, I, there's nothing, some, like, just. Not a lot happened. Some yeah. other storylines in the World Cup, Germany and Belgium have been absolutely trash. Those are the, I think, number two and number six ranked teams in the world, and they're both looking at getting dumped out before the knockout round. Um, Germany got a goal, late goal against Spain to tie it 1-1, but they lost to Japan in what was probably the, the most shocking result. Uh, Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. We talked about that last week. That was shocking, but then they responded nicely with a big win against Mexico. 
Um, and then the funniest part of the whole World Cup, Qatar spent supposedly $200 billion for all the things for the World Cup. Developing players, developing stadiums, infrastructure for the airports, hotels, all this shit. $200 billion. And they're the very first team knocked out. They lost their first two games. Hapless, hopeless. The shit kicked out of them in both those those games. And now they play the Netherlands, where they're going to get crushed by again. Qatar, what that sounds. That sounds like Monopoly money. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it doesn't even seem like a real number. And after all that, they got what nothing happened? to show for it. Yeah, absolute disaster. Uh, big games coming up this week, and then the knockout round starts on Saturday. Um, also on Saturday, college football's um, conference championship games. Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas, so I'm definitely going to bet on those. Um, trying to look at the scenarios here that would cause some mayhem. Do you think a one-loss Ohio State or two-loss Bama would get in if you know USC or TCU loses their game next week? Let's say TCU loses and they're 12-1. and one. Are you, so, are you, you saying Ohio over State like the team in? that loses? Are you saying like yeah. Alabama getting in over like so? If TCU lost a championship game, would they still get in? That's what I'm wondering. Or say TCU wins and then USC loses, do you think they put in two loss Bama or one loss uh, Ohio State? Because Ohio State, I think, has fallen more than anybody over the last week and a half in the eyes of you know the folks deciding who gets to be in those games. <laughs> it's crazy as it sounds. God, I hope it would be Alabama. I just find if, it hilarious that if Georgia had an had an had a undefeated SEC champ number one and they get they get Alabama in the first round of the <laughs> college football playoff. That you uh, have a perfect season in every possible way. The, the the most perfect season we've seen since LSU in twenty nineteen, and you're rewarded with Bama in the first round, that'd be hilarious. I the thing is like USC's a big brand. Oh, kind of was and like is maybe trying to get to TCU is not if they lose I think they're toast because mm-hmm. part of this sadly you know for the teams is like it's a TV product and if TCU has the same record as Ohio State and they both don't win the conference mm-hmm. Ohio State's going um, right <laughs> even even though like they just got dog walked at home by Michigan that was one of the I watched some of that game um with my father-in-law in in, uh, Colorado Springs and both of us before the game were like, Oh, Ohio state's going to crush him. You know, no hope for Michigan and Michigan controlled that game. It was incredible. Your boy Harbaugh actually a pretty damn good coach. (laughs) They ran for like 250 yards in the second half. Like, and their running back didn't even, he gave it like a try player two and he was done Blake Corum. And so yeah, Michigan, their Heisman trophy conversation running back doesn't play. They go into the horseshoe and and crush Ohio State. I I mean that's a tough look, but Ohio State does. I mean their biggest. Well, they they had that monster win over Oregon in Week One, but that feels so long ago. And right. and with Oregon's loss to uh, Oregon State, um, I mean that loss just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what am I talking? That was Georgia. What am I talking about? That was Georgia who killed them. Um, no, yeah, Ohio State beat Notre Dame, right? Week One. Which, um, which looks worse. Right. Um, but now, so I think Ohio State or Alabama would get in. I think I think it would be tough to have a two-loss team get in. The, yeah. Like Ohio, if LSU won last week against Texas A&M and then won against Georgia in the SEC title game, they would be two, a two-loss SEC champion. They would have been in. 
but they blew it by lo- losing last week. You can't let a three-loss team in. But if you're no. the SEC champ, you have to be in. So, yeah. LSU if LSU winning, which, like we said last week, which they won't. Which they um, <laughs> I mean, but if they did, they won't. Which they won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would cause major chaos, but I don't. I actually, I think TCU beats Kansas State, who I believe they play. Yeah. And then uh, I think Utah's got a, I think they have more of a chance of beating USC. I agree. Than than Kansas State beating TCU. You could argue that Alabama lost two games, like, I mean, literally last play of the game, but still, two losses. They, They also, like, you know, who knows what, they have so many, like, draft eligible players, like, who's gonna play? Right. Yeah, I circled Utah uh, in that game against USC as something I want to bet on uh, on Saturday when I'm there in Vegas. Uh, let's go over to my You Like That five picks of the week. We're 14-9-2 through week 12. We had a winning week last week. We went 3-2. and two. We had Detroit, Miami, and Kansas City who all covered. We also had Tennessee plus two, which they lost by four. It was close. And then Baltimore <laughs> minus four who fumbled the bag at the end. We almost had a 5-0 and oh week, so... Three and two, we'll take it. We're 14, nine and two. Pretty damn solid record through uh, five podcasts. Here's our five picks for this week. Uh, Detroit minus one. We're both on that. We like that at home against the Jags. Giants plus one and a half. Um, They're at home against Washington. Washington has won, I believe, four in a row now. At some point, that's got to come crashing back to earth. I think Brian Dayball is, I mean, they covered last week against Dallas. It wasn't a great performance, but I think he's going to come into this one with that extra rest, a little motivated, and they're getting a point and a half at home against Washington, which you wouldn't have expected at all two or three weeks ago. You would have thought they would be three-point favorites there. Uh, We're going to throw Seattle minus four and a half in there. That's your pick. Um, You're banking on either Stafford not playing or Stafford playing and it just being a meek performance with the, you know, skeleton roster that the Rams have right yeah I I mean I still think Seattle I mean now they gave up 40 to the Raiders but they still scored problem. 30 yeah problem uh they still scored 34 um as much as I would like to see the Rams win help help the Niners I I, I don't think Seattle's gonna have this like like okay they're coming back to earth like I I don't see it I think they're I think they're still going to make the playoffs. Um, At the expense of Washington, I would agree. Yeah, I, I still I, yeah. think they make the playoffs. And, and, uh, and yeah, the Rams, I mean, who? I, I mean, I, I thought about it. I was like, how do they even practice this? How do they even go to practice? Like, what do we even do? I, <laughs> Nobody wants to be there. Like, they lost Allen Robinson. I know he wasn't even getting the ball thrown to him that he's done for the year. Like, It is a huh? skeleton crew in L.A. right now. Um, pick number four, Kansas City minus two and a half. We both thought that was a short number at Cincinnati, given the massive coaching advantage. And then Mahomes, who's just on fire right now, and by the way, has never lost in November and December. It may, it's going to happen at some point, but like the guy is an absolute machine late in the year, and so is Andy Reid. So we're going Kansas City minus two and a half in that one. And then you like Dallas minus nine and a half against Indy. Um, they could have put any number up, and you would like Dallas there. You have that Probably. higher your power ratings than most. Definitely, and uh, yeah, I worked worked for us last week. Picked picking Kansas City, and uh, and uh, Miami. Yeah, huge numbers. Although Miami yep. decided to uh, call the dogs <laughs> off and nearly blew it, but um, we got there with the cover. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, the Colts suck. I just 
uh, I don't even have the game on, but just saw uh, Colts just lost to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, it's in Dallas. That line's going up. Yeah, it, the overpaid, expensive offensive line that Jeff Saturday inherited is going to get <laughs> blown off the ball by Dallas, and Matt Ryan is going to pay for it. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Okay, here's our You Like That Five Picks of the Week. Detroit minus one at home against Jacksonville. Uh, The Giants at home against Washington plus one and a half. Seattle minus four and a half at the Rams. Kansas City minus two and a half at Cincinnati. And Dallas minus nine and a half at home on Sunday Night Football against Indianapolis. Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Baby, your wildest take you feel best about. And you want to talk about something medical related this week that you think is going to sweep the NFL. Yeah, I don't I'm not going to say I feel great about it cuz it's going to be at the expense of some players and it's going to be something no one wants to see people getting hurt. But the rumors about, you know, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford have me thinking that we're going to start to see um a, a a very obvious increase in arm injuries, specifically Tommy John. I with the amount of throwing that's starting now in high school and in college and in the pros, and the amount of baseball background some of these guys have with Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. I'm sure Stafford played baseball. I mean, we keep hearing about how good friends he is with Clayton Kershaw. I'm sure he played baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say like Tom Brady like played, but he's so like if he if he had Tommy John, he'd just retire. It doesn't, you know. Um, right. And the way these guys, it's not even just how many times they throw, but like the arm angles, the – I mean, it's cool. Like when they when it works, and, and 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 like Josh Allen, some of these guys have the huge like wind up and 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 right. chuck it. I just I think you're gonna start to see um, an influx of Tommy John, and, and uh, it's unfortunate because they're gonna miss two whole seasons probably if it happened. Right. Um, we heard that this was three weeks ago before the Vikings Bills game. Everybody was saying, "Hey, it's on the table for Josh Allen," and that would mean he would miss probably all of next season as well if he got that procedure. And he rally, um, obviously he's been very good. He always is, but he hasn't been the same since he was diagnosed with that UCL sprain or whatever it is in his right elbow. Um, I, I like this take, not like I like it, like it's going to be a negative trend for the NFL and for quarterbacks, but I feel like this is something that with how often young kids, you know, middle school, high school are throwing the ball this seems like something that could be a long-term problem uh, for a lot of the quarterbacks in the league. It seems like every time a quarterback is doing one of those long bombs and then gets his hand like stopped by a helmet of the, of the opposing player, just that recoil, you're like, God, that's like if, you know, Mariano Rivera was throwing a cutter and then got hit in the middle of it. Like, obviously that would jack up your elbow. So you're, you're worried about that long-term for NFL QBs. Yeah. I, it's unfortunate, but I think, it, it 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 it's something to keep an eye on. We keep I mentioned you know the high ankle sprains you know could is like the trendy injury, but I think some of these quarterbacks are going to get are going to get a uh, start to feel the repercussions of throwing the ball fifty times ever since they've been eleven years old. Yeah, no more wing tee anymore. It's a spread offense even in middle school. It's getting a little bit crazy. Um, yeah. Before we close the pod, anything going on for you this week? Anything happened last week you want to talk about outside of sports? I'm definitely going to going to talk about my upcoming Vegas trip, but what about you? What's what's going on? Well, nothing 
too much. Thanksgiving was good. Um, nice. Didn't didn't uh, didn't stuff my face too hard, um, but uh, yeah, ate ate a lot of dark meat turkey. Um, You're damn right. Um, uh, you know what's hilarious though is we talked last week. I don't think they listened to the podcast, but I kind of took a dump on uh, the white turkey meat <laughs> and uh, said like you give people white the tur- the white meat part of the turkey that relatives you don't like. We got sent home with like an incredible amount of white meat turkey, <laughs> <laughs> roasted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, oh. I don't think you heard this part. I don't think you listened, but hmm. noted. <laughs> yeah, my mom texted me about that. She's like, I like the white meat. I'm like, yeah, there's some people who do, but. Okay, uh, mom, I, I don't yeah, like you. <laughs> I was given the leg at um, at my in-laws Thanksgiving, and man, was it good. Got to go with dark meat, always. I will, I, will, I will defend that to my dying breath, dark meat over white meat, any day. Um, yeah, I'm going to Vegas, man. I'm excited. We're leaving on Saturday, coming back late Monday night. Going to have four World Cup or, uh, let's see, six World Cup knockout games while I'm there, all round of 16. Um, we're going to have college um, conference championship games. We're going to have NFL Week 13, all of that stuff to bet on and watch. I'm excited. Um, going to play a lot of poker. I'm playing in a tournament at Caesars Palace on Saturday at 9. Oh, geez. Yeah. Last time I played, I finished third. I'm way out of like too, I'm way too intimidated to do that. I've, I've had success at poker tournaments in Vegas. It's like, not really like if I win or lose. It's more of like they're so like – I don't know. Like I know etiquette, but like am I going to know it? Like, in the, like what if I just like – I don't know. My hands are in the wrong place on the table or something. And they're like, yeah, are they you shoot cheating you under the table? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay guys, never done this before. All right. Chill out. Yeah. It's I, the first time I went to Vegas, I think it was 2014 or 15. And I was worried. I was like nervous. Like, Oh my God. You know, I'm 21 years old. Everybody's going to be like, get this kid away from the table or whatever. Once I played a few tournaments, I was like, okay, I get what you got to do. You got to be respectful when you, clean someone's clock and take 200 bucks off of them or whatever but you just um, scream like oh my god <laughs> what I'm a gonna... fucking idiot no no you say something <laughs> like oh my god i'm totally gonna buy like the new call of duty like this guy's people are like paying you know eat like i don't know their kids college or something and you just say oh my god i'm gonna go to in and out and get like eight double doubles <laughs> yeah don't do that but yeah we'll play a poker tournament at sea we're staying at nobu hotel which is inside caesar's uh, they got a good sports book there, so I'm going to place my sports bets. I'm going to play some blackjack and pie gal. I'm going to uh, play a poker tournament. And then Jamie and I got some cool dinners lined up. We're going to a show called Absinthe at Caesars. Packed weekend. Vegas is like my favorite place, man. I'm excited to be going. And uh, it's a little celebration for my 30th, which was a couple weeks ago, but we we delayed the trip a little bit. I'm pumped, man. I, I, I hope I don't lose too much money by betting on our five picks of the week but we'll see how it goes well if you if you bet our picks you're gonna come back rich so that's for fucking sure 14 9 and 2 baby we cannot be stopped on this podcast uh we'll be back next week for another episode uh recording um tuesday next week as i will be in vegas so we'll come out with that pod on tuesday um hopefully after a couple more vikings and niners victories next week uh, we got to keep this thing rolling, man. We're both four and one since we started. Our picks are going well. I'm pumped. You're pumped. 
another episode coming next week uh see you next week Oh, my God.